It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 15th, 2021. My name is Phil Foster. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMB. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about Jalen Green. Also chat a little bit about another draft prospect in uh, Keon Johnson as well as we continue to hurdle toward the NBA draft. It is, it's two weeks away, guys. Two weeks away. I'm working on my, my my next big board right now as the Orlando Magic Daily mock draft gets finished up. Our community mock draft gets finished up. Hope to have you have that to you next week. Um, so definitely get excited about that. Lots, lots going on with just two weeks to go until the NBA draft. So we'll talk about some of these draft prospects coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the land of magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Milwaukee Bucks after their big Game 4 win? Check out Locked On Bucks. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On, any team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. Also, don't forget to join me today, Thursday, July 15th at 5 p.m., for our regular Spotify green, our Spotify green room uh, uh, talkback segment, um, lots to get to, of course, after the coaching hire and the draft coming up. So have your questions ready at five o'clock today. We meet regularly on Thursdays at five. I will not be able to meet on draft night at five. Um, we'll talk. We'll, we'll I'll, I'll let you know when when we hit up when we uh, plan to do our pre-draft show coming up here uh, in the next week or so. But today we are going to talk about the big one, Jalen Green. Prospect that Magic fans have probably coveted most, probably even more than Cade Cunningham. Because Jalen Green represents something the Magic do not have. Um, and something the Magic have not had since probably Tracy McGrady. Maybe Steve Francis. Maybe Hito Turkoglu. Probably not Hito Turkoglu. Maybe Vince Carter. The one thing that has kind of... that There's been two chases that have always defined Magic history. The first chase is to find a center to replace Shaquille O'Neal. That's been at the heart of a lot of Magic history. We love Andrew DeClerc. We love Stephen Hunter. We love Pat Burke. We love all Sean Kemp. We love Patrick Ewing. We love all those centers the Magic tried to bring in that were not Shaq. Special shout-outs to Danny Shays and Ronnie Cycli in that group as well. There were a lot of centers that cycled through Orlando that were not Shaq. No one's Shaq. Dwight Howard was the closest. Dwight Howard was pretty darn good. Nikola Vucevic was pretty darn good. But they're not Shaq. 
And the Magic's history has been defined by the center position. But the sub, sub kind of text of that or the subtweet of that is the Magic's search for a strong perimeter score. Very quickly, I mean, Nick Anderson was a great score. Like, people don't understand how good Nick Anderson was. And again, that's uh, I think that might be an argument I make when we get to hit the dead period. But Nick Anderson deserves to have his jersey retired. And 25 should be should be hanging as a reminder to everyone just how good he was. Um, this was a, Nick Anderson was a great player. But the Magic's history really begins with Penny Hardaway. And goes from Penny Hardaway pretty directly to Tracy McGrady. But since Tracy McGrady, the Magic have struggled to find that great perimeter score. Why did the 2009 and 2010 teams ultimately flame out and, and miss out on their opportunity to win a championship? Vito Turkoglu was all right. Vince Carter was all right. But those guys were not all-star caliber scorers. At the end of the day, Dwight Howard needed a score. He needed someone who was going to kind of carry that scoring load for him and with him. He needed that little bit of support. The Magic have not had a guard, not a center. Dwight Howard, Nikola Vucevic have done this since then. The Magic have not had a guard score more than 20 points per game since Steve Francis in 2004. Really let that sink in. Really let that fact kind of stew and fester. Peter Turkoglu got close. He got to 19-9. I think Jameer Nelson was at like 19-7, 19-8, um, Vince Carter, I think, was at 16-17-18 in 2010. It's not like they haven't had guys who could put the ball in the basket. But not at the kind of elite levels that you see in the playoffs right now. Like, who's doing that? Who's doing a one-on-one step-back shot like Devin Booker on this Magic team? Don't answer that question. Um, who is doing the doing what Chris Middleton's been doing? Who's who's coming around screens or creating shots off the dribble or 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 just you a guy that you could just trust to give the ball to, run a pick and roll, run in isolation, and get a basket. We're gonna talk more about Game Four coming up here in a minute, but this context is really important because at the end of the day, the Magic are trying to win championships. The Magic are trying to to compete at the level that Milwaukee and Phoenix are competing at. And obviously, they need the talent to get there. But you also need a certain skill set, too. You need to be able to win these one-on-one battles. And, you know, I said this a lot about the Steve Clifford Magic teams. I thought they were, you know, really well put together. I thought they were really well coached. But at the end of the day, I know I made this comment before, they had five or six things they needed to do right, and four or five of them they had to do right to win every game. And the margin for error was really thin. Shooting is something that widens that margin. But so is this isolation type play. Having a go-to score that defenses have to account for. That's why these players are so coveted. And that's why Jalen Green is such an interesting player. In the G League bubble last year, Jalen Green averaged 17.9 points per game, 4.1 rebounds per game, and 2.8 assists per game. Also had a steal and a half per game. In the rally to get get the, uh, 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 the G League Ignite into the playoffs, he had some incredible games. But on top of all this, on top of all that, in those final final like six games of the G League bubble season, he averaged 19.7 points per game and posted 52.2% effective field goal percentage. 
including a 26.6 for eight three-point shooting effort and a win over Canton that helped them make the playoffs. In the playoffs themselves against Raptors 905, the number one seed in the G League bubble, Jalen Green scored 30 points on 11 for 20 shooting and dished out seven assists. Look, I know the NCAA tournament's big, but this was against professionals. And yes, maybe a league that doesn't play a ton of defense, but this was against professionals from an 18-year-old. Jalen Green impressed the hell out of everybody in the G League bubble. His shot looked uh, looked a lot better, a lot more fluid. Maybe it's a little inconsistent from deep. But this is a guy who knows how to create his own shot, how to create space and separation, how to get his own shot, and quite frankly, how to score. I know I said that way too much when I broke down James Book Knight's game. The Magic just need guys who know how to score. Especially for a guy who is just a solid player. Or a guy that's just that that's going to be your key player, your, your central player. That is vital. And Green did it efficiently. He shot 46.1% from the field and 36.5% from beyond the arc on 13.6 shots per game. That, that, that equates to a 53.7% effective field goal percentage. The efficiency on this volume, with a player who's frankly still got a developing jumper, is impressive. So if there's a lot of talk about the Magic trying to move up to two or move up to three to make sure they get this guy, there's good reason. Jalen Green has star written all over him. He may not be the most athletic leaper. He may not be the biggest guy in the world, but he can straight put the ball in the basket. And he proved that the G League experiment can work. That the G League Ignite experiment was the right one to make. By all accounts, Jalen Green is going to be one special player. Um, and, and, and there's there's just not a lot of flaws to his game. You know, maybe he's not the runaway superstar player, but, you know, who is? There's, there's very few of those out there. This is a guy that, for Magic, certainly feels like he would be worth trading up for. At this point, it is hard to imagine him falling below the, the top three. Um, I do know a few people who aren't super fans of Jalen Green who think his who don't think who think his efficiency is a product of the G League not being a strong defensive league, who don't see don't who see a slight frame not translating well to the NBA, which is all fair criticism, I think. But when you watch him play, when you watch what he can do, it is hard not to get excited and it is hard not to believe. I mean, I asked I, Richard Stamen, um, you know, friend of the show uh, at Mavs Draft on Twitter, host of Locked On NBA Draft. I asked him uh, a few weeks, ago, a few months ago now, um, is this a draft worth tanking for? And while he is not the biggest Jalen Green fan, he's starting to come around on him. While he is not the biggest Jalen Green fan, um, he really does believe that Jalen Green is among these prospects that were worth throwing a season away for. And I guess the question the Magic have to ask now is how much are they willing to pay to go up and get him, if that's even possible, um, with, the Houston, with the Houston Rockets at number two. Magic fans are absolutely right to be excited about this kid because he is going to be very, very, very good. We'll talk a little bit about Game 4 of the NBA Finals, plus... A look at Keon Johnson, a prospect that has flown under my radar, but I'm beginning to come around on as well with some of the athletic gifts that he has. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. 
The first, it's time to name our Michelob Ultra moment of the week. Look, there's only one moment I can pick. We're going to talk about Game 4 and some of the bigger takeaways coming up here, but um, when... When when you're watching the NBA Finals, I was you know in the middle of the second quarter and I, and I tweeted out you know the game was kind of back and forth already, and, and you could just you could just smell that this was going to be a special night. And I tweeted this this is going to this game is going to be a classic. And I think I think a game four delivered finally like a, a close game in the NBA Finals. It's it's always good to have, um, always good to have that. Um, it was. An absolutely brilliant performance by so many players. This is what you want to see in a finals game. A bunch of players doing playing at their peak. Um, foul trouble, really the only thing uh, working against it. But one moment in this game just stood out above all else. And, and this, unfortunately, kind of like Kyrie Irving in, in Game 6, uh, you know, way back when, um, it kind of overshadows how brilliant Chris Middleton was, especially at the end of this game. But... With the Bucks up to uh, at about a minute, or maybe less than a minute to play, Giannis Antetokounmpo made a defensive play that was just stunning. You know, like look, I I was watching the game. He made the play. I stood up and shouted. That's how crazy this play was. With with the Bucks up to and about a minute to play, uh, Devin Booker came around a screen. And engaged Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was there to stop the screen. And so Booker threw a, a high arcing lob to DeAndre Ayton. Somehow Giannis saw the play, turned around, got to Ayton in time, and blocked his alley-oop dunk at the rim. There are people who are saying it is the greatest block in finals history. And while I think the impact of LeBron's block in that series against the Warriors um, probably puts it ahead the difficulty of what Giannis Antetokounmpo did should not be understated. There, there, I don't know how someone goes from where Giannis was to blocking a shot at the rim as quickly as he did. Like Anyone who questioned whether Giannis Antetokounmpo deserved his Defensive Player of the Year award a few years ago, I know that, that award is for that specific season, but Giannis is a really good defender. And that play was an incredible defensive effort, an incredible defensive play. The fact that ABC didn't replay that immediately and we had to wait until the post-game interview to see slow motion, like 8K replays of that, um, is, is cruelty because that block was insane. And, and you can tell, you could tell basketball people are talking about that block. Like you could tell in the moment how incredible and how incredibly big that play was. I was a little disappointed the Bucs didn't score on the next possession to, to really like put the hammer down on that play, but that play was incredible. It likely saved the Bucs, got them that win, secured that win, and delivered a 2-2 series back to Phoenix. We've got ourselves a series, folks. We'll talk more about Game 4 coming up here in a minute, but remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Michelob Ultra helps joy create success because enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Today on the road to the finals, our NBA Finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. And boy, was Wednesday night's game an enjoyable one. Yeah, we talked about the Giannis Antetokounmpo block, but all the way through, uh, you know, a 109-103 victory for the Milwaukee Bucks, just a, a fantastic game. The fouling uh, and, and some of the egregious missed calls and some of the not-so-egregious like ticky tack fouls, the inconsistency of the of the foul calls was a little bit disturbing, but overall, I mean, I think when you get to the NBA Finals, what you want to see is the best players playing their best, and you want to see games turn on two or three plays, or uh, even just a, a substitution decision, um, and, and you want to kind of see that chess match play out, um, and, and I think Game Four delivered that so much. I mean, obviously. The game turned on Giannis's block um, with the Bucks up two. Uh, Chris Middleton scored a, a 10, uh, 10 points in in at the end of the game that that helped pace the Bucks to the end. Middleton finishing with forty points on fifteen for thirty three shooting, three for eight from beyond the arc. Devin Booker scored 20, 20 of his forty two points, I think, in the third quarter. Um, then had to sit out most of the fourth quarter with foul trouble. Committed his sixth foul at least twice, maybe three times, and still stayed in the game. It was just a wild, wild finish, and, and everything was stacked against the Bucks here. Um, the 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 Suns took a nine point lead very early in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it was a huge three uh, at the beginning of the quarter. But you know, I, I think Milwaukee deserves a lot of credit in this series. They have been extremely resilient. Um, you know, I, I've said this, and I still believe this. I still believe the Suns are going to win the series. I think the Suns have been dictating the terms of engagement for most of this series. I think a big reason why they lost this game was because of Devin Booker's foul trouble. Um, the other reason would be Chris Paul's turnovers and and, and just kind of the, the lax way that they played with the ball. But um, but but Milwaukee does not go away. They obviously have the best player in the series, I think, in Giannis. But they do not go away. Uh, and, and that resiliency is... I mean, there's the, these teams are tough. These teams do not quit. Uh, and they just keep coming after you and keep going after you. Um, and it's a really fun series. Um, you know, we finally got a close game. Uh, you know, I always think with with especially these big series, you, you get a little bit of a feeling out period over the first maybe one, two, sometimes maybe not three games. You know, if it's 2-0 and team's coming home, there's going to be a lot of energy in the building for for the team coming home. But um, you get a, you get a lot of you just get a lot of sense that 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 these two teams now know each other really well, um, and they're playing each other extremely well and. They figured they figured things out, and I think that's going to lead to a really exciting end to the series. I mean, Game Five obviously on Saturday is going to be bonkers. Um, I, I I don't see any reason why Game Five won't be everything that we've imagined and everything that 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 we want to see from from a, from a, a high level playoff game. Um, these two teams are setting themselves up for a great finish to this series. Um, and again, I had Suns and Six at the beginning. I'm still kind of sticking by that. Um, I, I still think Phoenix is the team in control here, but Milwaukee is not going to quit. Um, and I think they've, they, they continue to prove that time and time and time and time and time again. They're not quitting. They're not going down without a fight. They're not going to pack things up and leave. That's, that's not who they are. Uh, and it's, it's exciting, man. It's, it's just this, like, this, this series is just exciting. Um, there is a lot to like about uh, everything that we're seeing. It's just good basketball. Like I don't want to, I don't want to get too crazy and break it down because I'm on the outside. If you want the more detailed analysis, go to Locked On Bucks. Go to Locked On Suns. But 
as an outside observer, as just a basketball fan, this 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 is just fun. This was just good basketball. This is, I mean, again, the fouling was the only complaint that I had, but um, we're seeing players playing at the top of their games. Um, obviously, you know, as Shaq would say, this game comes down to the others. Um, Chris Paul, ten points, seven assists, five turnovers. That that can't happen. The Suns need big games from Devin Booker and Chris Paul to win. Um, Devin Booker didn't deliver in Game Three. He delivered in Game Four. Chris Paul delivered in Game Three. Didn't deliver in Game Four. They need both those guys on the same page in much the same way that Milwaukee needs big games from Giannis. He had 26 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. Big games from Chris Middleton, 40 points. Big games from Drew Holiday, although 30, 13 points on 4 for 20 shooting. He added 7 rebounds and 7 assists. Um, again, like I said, these final games turn on momentary possessions, on little plays, on little decisions throughout the course of the game. Giannis's block was a game-turning play. Chris Paul turning the ball over late is a game-turning play. And, and Phoenix will probably sit there and say, you know, we flip those plays around, we make those 50-50 plays, we're going to be fine. Milwaukee's saying the same thing. And that's what you love about the NBA Finals is these two teams are really evenly matched and these games come down to little plays like that. That's super exciting. That's really fun. That's that's what the NBA Finals should be. And I think it's a sign that we are in for a great finish to this Finals. I don't think either team has to make big adjustments. It's just about making shots. It's about making plays. It's about just playing basketball and just being in awe of how good these players are because Devin Booker's been incredible, you know, game game three accepting. Giannis has been absolutely incredible. Chris Middleton, um, I, I hope that a lot of slander that goes toward Chris Middleton is slowly being wiped away. He has been a lot of fun as well. It's it's been a great series. Um, I, I don't think there's anything to be too upset about on that front. We're going to talk a little about Keon Johnson to wrap up today's show. Don't forget, we have our Spotify Green Room coming up today at 5 p.m., so feel free to join me. But first, let's get a quick word in from our pals at Rock Auto. With all the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? I know, I know whenever I deal with cars, I don't know a thing, so I don't know what what anyone's talking about. I just got nod my head. And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? They can only choose the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you would need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Also, check out our pals at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. It's about to be the only thing going on in the sports world, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, too. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
Let's go to today's show with another draft profile. We're going to talk a little bit about Keon Johnson from Tennessee. Um, I've sort of written off Keon Johnson a little bit um, just because of the shooting. Um, There's no bones about it. Keon Johnson's shooting stroke is not something to write home about. He was a sub-30% three-point shooter at the college level uh, and really, really struggled on on that end um, for for the most part. Um, Not a great free-throw shooter either. Um, but shot 70.3%, 27.1% from beyond the arc, 7.3% from the free throw line. Uh, it, it, it all points to a guy who doesn't have the shooting necessary to, to be a kind of top-end player. And so I, I have put him a little bit lower on my board and, and haven't really done much digging into him. But Keon Johnson undoubtedly, and, and he reportedly did interview with the Magic at the NBA Draft Combine, Keon Johnson is someone that should be on everyone's radar. Um, He is someone that should be uh, at least in some consideration um, because the athletic numbers, just the pure, raw athletic numbers, jump completely off the page. Keon Johnson's an NBA draft combine record with a 48-inch max vertical leap. He is one of the faster players in this draft. And, And again, when you look at kind of what makes a star... Some of it is finding skills that are just completely unique. Yes, you got to be able to put the ball in the basket. Yes, you got to be able to check off all these boxes. But you also need to be able to do something that is completely unique or something that's just at an elite level. I, I know I've said this a million times. To me, Jonathan Isaac is the only player on this roster that does anything at an elite level. He is an elite defensive player. And it's nice to have a bunch of really nice players and really good players, but that's why the Magic kind of sputtered at that 7-8 seed line is they don't have enough elite players or they don't have enough players with a potentially elite skill. So if we're looking at, you know, players that don't quite fit maybe a a shooting profile or scoring profile, but have this one elite skill or elite attribute, it's because there's the belief at least that you could turn elite attributes into elite skills. And Keon Johnson, when he is given an open lane, uh, and able to get out in transition is a bullet. Like that guy is going to get to the basket, and there's very little anyone can do to stop him. Um, you know, we look at RJ Hampton. You know, one reason why everyone is super excited about RJ Hampton is he is fast, and if you give him the lane, he will get to it. Keon Johnson is just as fast, um, if not faster than that. But Keon Johnson also has going for him is he's also a really good defender. Um, you know, he, he coming out of college. You know, Tennessee, just a really solid defensive team. They had a great season last year. Keon Johnson was a really good defender and really knew knows how to use that speed and that natural athleticism to be a great defender. And again, that's why we have to put him on the radar. That's why he is on the radar uh, for the Magic. Um, I've had some people say, why would you pass on the next Dwayne Wade? I don't think Keon Johnson's Dwayne Wade. The numbers Dwayne Wade was putting up at Marquette are a lot different than the numbers that Keon Johnson has put up. But I get the comparison. I get why that comparison might get made. I get why people are drawn to Keon Johnson. That speed, that athleticism, has to be something that puts you on notice. It has to be something that makes you stand up and say, huh, that's really interesting. That's a really that's a really interesting skill. That's a good skill to have. That's a skill that... That's a skill that the Magic need, that, that any team needs, that any team that's at the beginning stages needs. 
to me, again, and, and I, I know I've made this point a million times before. To me, I, 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 I want to stress this, that with these picks, the number they're picked at does not matter. I can make a big board. I can say Keon Johnson's like ninth or 10th or 11th on my big board. But what really matters is the person you're drafting. Um, my big point throughout this whole draft process has been the Magic need to get the right people. They need to find their guy and they need to get that guy, that person, that player. And uh, frankly, if they believe James Book Knight is a future star, if they believe Keon Johnson is a future star, don't waste time. Take him at five. Who cares what the mock drafts say? Who cares what conventional wisdom says, what the, what, the, what the experts say. If this is your guy, take him. I don't know if Keon Johnson's their guy. Keon Johnson isn't my guy. The shooting really concerns me. Shooting is so vital in this league, and unless Keon Johnson has remade his shot or has shown an ability to improve his shot, maybe, maybe I need to watch some more tape on it. Maybe I need to actually look at, look at and break down the shot and say, okay, this is fixable. This is something that can get better. But those shooting percentages in college are really concerning, especially as the, the, the line goes, the, the three-point line moves backward. But at the same time, NBA spacing is going to give Keon Johnson a lot more runway to get to the basket. Maybe that's what the Magic need. Maybe that's what they need. I, I, I don't think, you know, I can't take Keon Johnson off my board. I can't say with any certainty that he isn't the guy that they might pick. He checks off all the boxes the Magic like. He's long for his position. He's got plus wingspan. He's a good defender. He's athletic. He's got a potential elite skill. These are all things that a young team like the Magic can build from and build off of. And that's why we have to consider why he has to be there, why he has to be someone the Magic look at. And why I don't think, even though I'm a little lower on him than others, I don't think he would be a bad pick for the team. We'll get into plenty more on the NBA draft coming up in the next few weeks. Obviously, we're two weeks away from the NBA draft, but don't forget, next no, don't forget, starting July 19th, the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Don't forget, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Prosten Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.